<laughs> so, hi everybody. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, December 11th. So, uh, Tommy, <laughs> payback's a mother, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a bit. <laughs> so, several episodes ago when we were starting the podcast, Tommy had to turn up his headset and he hit mine all the way and blew my eardrums off. Well, I just gave him a taste of his own medicine and got the same result. He about jumped out of his chair. All right, again, um, welcome to Lost in Longbox. I am your host, Randall. Got my cohorts in crime here. Tommy. Madman working the boards. Enos, I guess, might be stuck in traffic. I'm just going to buy him a teleporter so we can just... He's just fashionably late, as always. Well, okay, then. Very fashionably late. So, uh, how was everybody's weekend? Anything good happen? No, no. I, Anything good, bad happen? Yeah. No. Nothing to report, huh? Nothing to report. Just normal weekend. Relaxing at the house. I what I did had something this weekend, but what was it now? I can't remember. I think I told you guys about it. I don't remember. Mm, don't. Oh, well. Do not remember. Let's go ahead and get into some news items. Um, first off, let's, uh, let's just go right to um, the sad past scenes. Carol Spinney, Muppeteer of Big Bird and Oscar Grouch, passed away at 85. Mm. And then, and I apologize um, to this gentleman's family because I know I'm going to butcher this last name, Rene um, Abajawan, <sighs> um, who was Clayton Endicott and Benson, also Father Mulcahy in the original MASH. Oh, okay. And everybody also remind, re- remembers him as Odo from, of course, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right. Um, we lost him, unfortunately, at the age of 79. And this one, while it's not comic book related, um, a lot of people are going to remember this one because... It was one of those pop culture things that we all get. Um, Marie Fredrickson of Roxette passed away at 61 mm-hmm. after a 17-year battle of cancer. And if you know Roxette, they had that song, Must Have Been Love, from uh, Pretty Woman. That was an excellent song. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is they actually had a lot of hits. Yeah. Um, Joyride, You Got the Look. Joyride, um, Listen to Your Heart, The Look, Dangerous. So they actually had a lot of hits. Just everybody only knows. Sad news. We covered it yeah. on Shock Monkey Radio yeah. yesterday. And I, I didn't realize, and it's funny, because it said that, funny, funny as in ironic, um, when she said she had passed away at 61, I was like, that's awfully young. And then I read that there had been a, a bout with cancer. And I, uh, yeah. Which, I, which, speaking of which, that whole cancer thing is tied directly to that movie I was telling you guys to watch um, before the show started. Okay. So, uh, you, you'll find out why there's such an increase in cancer worldwide now, because of that movie. Okay. Um, Enos, welcome to the show. How you be? Nice hey, to join us, sir. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good to see y'all. So we are covering the news items. Um, do, do you have anything you want to say on our three celebrity passings? Well, uh, Rene Arbenois was someone I grew up watching. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was one of the reasons I enjoyed Friday Night Television. Um, not only I've heard you mention that he was the original Father McCahey in the MASH movie. But I think most of us know him as Odo on Star Trek. Oh, but, yeah. he, but Friday nights, he was Clayton Endicott, Endicott the on third. Benson, yes. Man, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it was never a dull moment when there was a scene between, it was, if, if it wasn't Benson and Krauss going at it, it was him and uh, Clayton going at it. And I'm telling you, he came on that show after a couple of regulars left, and people were afraid that Benson had lost its fire, and he came and gave it a spark that enabled it to go like another five years. That was a great show. Do you know what Benson was a spinoff of? Soap. There you go. We're probably the only two guys in the room. You and I are probably the only ones who, who, who knew that. Yeah, I have no idea what soap. 
You know who else came out of soap? Um, Really huge um, celebrity um, that you know, uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Oh, okay. Billy Billy Crystal, Crystal, man. Yeah. From The Princess Bride. He, he, um, he actually played a gay character. There were so many great characters Jody. in that. In that, and uh, oh, the guy with uh, Chuck and Bob, Jay Johnston. Jay Johnston, yeah. <laughs> there was. Uh, you guys just don't know how great is, that was. Seventies TV. That with was the such a great show. Is that on DVD? I'm gonna have to look so, that up. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I could um, probably let you borrow it. Who? Oh, him. Me. <laughs> oh, have you got it? I want to borrow that. I, I, got, it. And, I got it from my mom one Christmas. Right, cool. And uh, that have you was... watched it? Oh, <laughs> what do you mean, no, dude? You gotta watch soap. <laughs> I uh, and I also read about the lady from Roxette yesterday. That was a uh, shock. Marie Ferguson. Yes. Wow. Boy, I'm gonna say that the big C boy. Don't we? We were just mentioning that um, right when you came in. Wow. Um, because they actually, uh, and I mentioned previously, they had a lot more hits than just the "Must Have Been Love" from right. Pretty Woman. So weren't um, they big in Denmark? Sweden, uh, yes, Sweden. Sweden, 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 Sweden. But like the look, uh, Joyride, Dangerous. So. Oh yeah, I love Joyride. That's such a good song. Yes. Oh yeah. So, uh, in other news, um, and I did not know that uh, the Luna brothers were actually estranged from one another. Um, mm-hmm. But I found out why, because um, apparently Jonathan or Joshua Luna has come forward and has publicly accused his brother Jonathan of manipulation and abuse over the last several years to the point of also saying that some of their contracts in the past were unfairly negotiated to um, benefit Jonathan more than him. Wow. And he also had discouraged him from establishing his own professional contacts uh, when they were working. To the point of, I think he even forced him to live in like the same apartment so that they could always he could have creative control over him, basically. Really? So yeah, that's sm- that's a bit yeah. That smells, man. Well, it's I, I, I don't know why you manipulate your sibling like that, and you know there's part, there's going to be more of that coming out because how long have they been estranged now? I mean, good couple years, right? Seems like it. So. Oh, so um, I don't know if you heard this. Marvel is getting ready to redo Civil War. Again? Well, only this time it's going to be Miles Morales, Kamala Khan, and some of the other teen heroes, and they're calling it Outlawed. (laughs) Of course, all the kids become Outlawed. But it's the same, basically it's the same principle, is the government's going to take action against the teen heroes and Outlawed there, and it's all going to be resulting of some type of tragedy which hasn't been revealed. I'm like, oh, you mean Civil War. Yeah. So let's do that again. One more time from the top. This time with feeling, right? And with kids. <laughs> All right, video just dropped out. I'm trying to get back up, everybody. Okay, dokey. Um, so while we're at it, too, a couple of big, big trailers dropped oh, over yeah. the over the last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to touch the one that I wasn't impressed with, which was Ghostbusters Afterlife. I did not see. I that. have not seen it. Uh, so when I said two, which which one of the other ones were you thinking of? I'm, I was thinking of Wonder Woman. Well, we'll get to that one. Yeah. But Ghostbusters Afterlife dropped, and I just. I was only kind of meh. I mean, it's a, a kid who basically, I guess, is Venkman's um, um, grandson. And it's the whole thing where he finds one of the uh, the ghost traps, like under the floorboards in their home, like out in the Midwest somewhere. So I think that's coming next year. I didn't actually check the date. I was just under-impressed. Now, the one that I really loved, let's get to it, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, yeah that's got to be great. And that, that premiered exactly when the last news article I read a few months ago was down at the Comic-Con Experience down in Brazil. Remember we were commenting that right. Patty was going to be a guest there, and they said she's probably going to bring Wonder Woman trailer? Well, guess what she did? Man, she what brought she the did. Wonder Woman trailer. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and, and call it now, and Tommy and I have had these kind of conversations before. 
I see a trailer and I'll say yes or no on a movie as whether I like it. I very rarely see a trailer and go, that's going to be a hit. I saw that with Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. I, yeah. I looked at that and said, that's yeah. going to be oh, big. Oh, yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yeah. We're, I, you know, it's going to be every bit as big as the, the first one was. And the first one was great. Yes, it was. And I noticed um, one of those stations like TBS, P, uh, TNT, whoever the one that always buys the movies for way too much and then shows them way too many, <laughs> way too many times, uh, were showing Wonder Woman just the other day. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, someone must have known the trailer dropped. Yep. And we all have to what? Is it? It's June, right? Right. It's June 2020. Yes. Yep. June 2020. So, six months away. Yes. You can go ahead and rewatch it as much as you want. The only thing I don't get, and for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, spoiler: How do you bring Max C. Trevor? Yeah, that's the big question. Uh, yeah, because I because if there was anything that had me going, oh, how did you, how did you bring back Trevor? Right. And and it's obvious that they bring him back because there's that scene outside the, the Cochrane uh, Museum where they walk along and she goes, everything here is art. And he's looking at the trash can and she's like, that's just a trash can. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I see Enos is going through his book for show and tell. Pick one you really like. Oh, yeah. I was going to let you do it. <laughs> you got like three piles here. I'm not. Well, hang on. What was, what was that? Was that a Golden Age? Was that a Silver Age Teen Titans right there? Right. I thought I saw a silver race. You just slid it back in. All right, so other, in other news, um, the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover has just started. We'll take that one. Wait a minute. Haven't we shown this already? Oh, who cares? Um, it started Sunday, and I guess it went into Monday and Tuesday, and last night was mm-hmm. the mid-season finale. I have not watched it yet, so no spoilers, but first opinions, Tommy. I saw the first part in Supergirl. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, Burt Ward makes his, uh, makes his appearance. Loved it. Absolutely love Burt Ward's appearance. Um, I thought that so far that they're staying pretty faithful to the uh, to the story, to the to the source material. So that that was good. Um, looking forward to watching part two tonight. Probably won't get to see part three until tomorrow night, but we'll get part two in tonight. So, but so far so good. Part one was good. Uh, a lot of my friends have been posting on Facebook about that. I, I guess part three, they're all going woo. So something uh, big, yeah, must, yeah, something, get ready. Big, something big must get, go down get, to part get, three. Get ready. Yeah, I um, I felt that the person they got to play the monitor really looks the part. Yeah, he does. Um, I'm I'm hoping it shall grow on me. I wasn't super crazy about Harbinger, but yeah, well, the Harbinger's Lila, right? Too. From yeah. the Green Arrow series. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I wasn't super crazy over her. Because I mean, we'll I saw in the goes. promos that Lila is is mon- is Harbinger, right? And the Harrison Wells. Actor, at least, who plays Harrison Wells it's is pariah. pariah. But I don't know mm-hmm. if he's actually Harrison Wells, and if he is, which version of Harrison Wells he is. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so far, so good. Like I said, I, I mean, you saw the first episode, right, Enos? Uh, yes, I did. I thought it stayed pretty faithful to the source yes, material. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it was good to see Burt Ward, Robert Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would, my person, I like to see a little bit more. Shush now. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to give it away. But but I mean it's just like yeah and then then you're like yeah then bang I'm like it's okay uh, but that serves a purpose but I will tell you the groundwork has definitely been laid for uh, the Superman TV show oh really uh, yeah uh, yeah um, you will see that when you watch Supergirl okay yeah. great but because if any because if the if there was the overwhelming aspect if there was one thing that stood out. Out of all the events that went on in that episode, you definitely saw that the groundwork was being laid to launch 
Basically, that episode was a springboard for Superman. Well, I now I actually watched an ad for this today on on the interwebs. Apparently, they premiere a trailer for Star Girl during yes. one of the episodes. So yes. we know Star Girl's um, coming. Now, is that coming to the CW or is that coming it, to DC Universe? It's coming, I, it originally was supposed to be coming to CW, but uh-huh. it is now coming to. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it was originally, originally DC TV, right? DC Universe, but now it's coming to the CW. So they need to just at this point, they just need to rechange. We relabel it to DCTV. DCTV. Right. Because, right. I mean, at, at, at some point, that's all they're going to have in primetime well, superhero shows. Yeah. Not the, that I'm complaining, mind you. Right. Well, but that's all they're going to have. CW, given their credit, has really found their market is in oh, yeah. superhero shows and shows about magic and the supernatural because apparently they have such really good programming that everybody, all those geeks who have been starved for a station to do that, are tuning into it and they're getting the ratings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. And, um, um, that Stargirl trailer, Kevin Smith hosted uh, two specials that uh, that was on afterwards, Sunday night and uh, last night. The Stargirl uh, trailer premiered last night on his special. And um, he had, um, oh man, it was, it was well, those specials were well done. Kevin Conroy was on there, um, John Cryer. Who has impressed the living hell out of me? Everybody saying as he's Lex act- Luthor. Everyone is saying he's doing a great job as but, Lex but, Luthor. But I'm not going to lie to you. If he busts out and says you got some drums, I ain't going to be no damn good. <laughs> I'm telling. You. Um, uh, man, I, I had a thought right there, and now it's just gone. Dag nab it all. Um, who? Oh, so the Wonder Woman trailer. You know that is not Nathan Fillion playing Max Lord. Oh, but it looks just like him. God. Yeah, I, do. I, I looked it up because I I was seeing it somewhere and it said Max Max Lord, who was not Nathan Fillion, and I looked it up and it is no, not Nathan no, Fillion. He was in that. He was that dude who was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, but I'm, he looks remarkably like Nathan. Fillion. I'm hoping with Max Lord that means that you know Ted Cord's not too far behind. And yeah. well, I hope we're going to see the neck break and yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the neck. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, how yeah. that's how you want to reboot the DC universe. Do the whole um, Infinite Crisis and Max Lord controlling the, the world and. All right, moving right along. One question, though, Randy. I yes. want your opinion on something. Speaking that you, being that you mentioned Nathan Fillion, he has been the voice of Green Lantern, of Hal Jordan in the DC in the animated, animated films. Right. Do you think they're going to use him as Hal for for the live action, or he's too old? He's too old. Yeah, yeah I think it. he's probably too old. Unless they do a thing of him passing the ring down to like John Stewart. Uh huh. I I could see them doing that. I could see him using him as the uh, the Hal Jordan with the with the gray in the temples that gets yeah, right from yeah, the parallax days. Yeah, yeah, I could that see I can see. I can yeah, see that yeah. if you want to go that route. Because I because I'm um, sorry guys, I know a lot of y'all thought that um, Green Lantern was all wasn't all that great. I liked it. I I'm gonna be Ryan, honest with you. I like the Ryan Reynolds. Movie. I like the Ryan. Reynolds. I like the movie. I have two problems: a the CGI suit because oh, it just didn't work, yeah. and two, if parallax is supposed to be this great evil scourge of the universe. Why is it he's able to pretty much defeat it on his own? They show up at the very end when he's tugging it off Earth. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Also at um, Brazil Comic Con Experience, Kevin Feige revealed that in the MCU ver- uh, universe, the element- Elementals, God, the Eternals already know about the Avengers and have been watching them and know all the actions that have taken place on Earth, but they haven't revealed themselves. Makes sense. Man, so, that's pretty doggone cool. So what I'm wondering is, because the main villain in the Eternals, a, 
have confirmed there's going to be the deviants from the comics. Wow. Mm-hmm, of course. I'm hoping they're going to look like the deviants from the from the books, and they're going to be like, you know, look like animals and red skin and the horns or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure they'll find a way to glorify it so they look more human, which has been irking me on some of the other characters. But I'm really wondering... When in the Marvel Universe does this take place? Is it going to be after Endgame, or is it going to be between those movies? I'm thinking it's going to be taking place after. So I see I, no reason why it wouldn't be. I would kind of almost like to see it take place um, in between, like, say, Civil War and um, Infinity War. But who knows? Marvel TV is no more. It has been absorbed into Marvel Studios. Which is probably for the good. Right. Oh. I'm, you know, not happy for the you know people that have to get laid off, but, you know. Well... I've been trying to think about it, and they said it's n- not going to um, affect any of the current ongoing projects. Mm-hmm. What are the ongoing projects? Are they all on Disney Plus? Because I they know there's be. nothing on television, right? No, no. Yeah, because because isn't Agents of Agents of Shield is done? They're they're in their last season or something like that, or or going into the last if season. If they haven't wound up, they will be. Yeah. I haven't watched it since season two. Going to be honest. Yeah, I think I think there's one more season of Agents of Shield. If Same it here. hasn't already happened, then it is going to be happening this year. So, so I just don't. The only thing I can think they mean is all the stuff that was being done for Disney streaming. Since it's already over at Disney Plus, they decided, well, we really don't need a whole separate television division. Let's just absorb it into Marvel Studios, which is Disney Plus anyway. And mm, right, I, I think it might have been a reorganization as much as it was just abolishing a company. Yeah, right. So hopefully that means those people who were working for Marvel TV had been told, your job's safe, we're just getting rid of the company, we're bringing you into Disney+. Plus. Okay, yep, hopefully, hopefully. Guess we'll see. So new releases today, there was not a whole lot released. Um, i got to be uh, honest, the, the one that I didn't get that I saw was out and I somehow totally managed to miss it was Tales from the Dark Multiverse, the Judas Contract. Mm, so I wanted that. Mm. I need to go back and get that. I um, guess I'll call my comic shop tomorrow and say, hey, I forgot to get this. Um, but Superman 18, everybody out there listening, this is it. This is the beginning of the two-part storyline, The Truth, where Clark Kent is no more. He's going to reveal his identity. So, in fact, I believe the cover even has um, Superman standing there holding the glasses, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, if you want to jump on board Superman, and I got, everybody was really grousing when Bendis first jumped on. His first few issues did start kind of slow, I'll admit it, but he's starting to really get a good uh, grasp on it now. Oh, yeah. Is it for tax reasons? <laughs> Probably, who knows? That's the, only thing that, that's the only thing that makes sense. Story-wise, it really doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Why? It, it, because it has me going, why? What? What? Well... I think part of why he, he might be doing it, if you just bear with me, is it's going to take away any um, leverage that Leviathan and Red Mist had against Superman. Ah. So I can see it from a story angle. It's like, okay, now you know who I am. It says, what's stopping you this time? Come get him. Right. <laughs> so. Well, or is it like an identity theft thing? It's like, you know, it's a... It's a identity theft is a real big right. deal right. today. Right, right, right. And it so is. Superman's like, you know, I can't really... For well, the real Clark Kent of the world. You know. a, a few weeks ago, Brian Michael Bendis said that that is not going to be the end of Clark Kent. So I don't know exactly what he means with that. How are you going to keep the identity around if you're going to bomb drop that he's Superman? I, a, I figured he was up to something, man, when he when he announced that. Yeah, but because let's say if it's, if it's too good to be true, sometimes it is. So how's it going to be the end? Of, how's it not going to be the end of Clark Kent? 
Unless he's going to have Connor step in. Or have like a, a groupie group of There is no Connor name. anymore. Oh, it isn't. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. He, he got like eliminated a, from 50. Well, actually, he was re. Uh, he already. got rid of in, in 52. Was mm-hmm. he in New 52? Well, was he was it? in the new. Yeah. He's in the new Ju- Young Justice series yeah. that takes place on Gem World. Okay. So well, he's in that. I guess, so I guess he survived rebirth then. I didn't mm. think he did. Um, but I, I don't know. Now, they're getting ready to do that whole 5G thing with all the other characters taking over, which I'm, I'm bitter about, and I haven't even seen one book yet. Yeah, because I think you may mention about something about that on the Batman page this morning when the one the guys oh, yeah. put up about um, Batwing. That was actually a friend of mine, yeah. Will, Will Mahoney. I, I saw him post, like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, if they actually do that, that might be the end of me buying DC, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and see. Uh, anybody got any news, any new items that they want to cover before we... Um, Pay our sponsor. Now, I think we can go ahead and pay the bills. Uh, yes. I just have one thing. Uh, did we talk about the sale of Marvel Comics number one at all last week? Oh, no, we did. Well, that, that was after our, our show. Um, it was going to go on auction. What did it go for? I think it was like $1.2 million. That makes sense. Yeah, it went for big bucks. It was a 9.2, 9.6, right? Yeah, yeah, 9.6, yeah. I was prepared to buy two. I had enough money for two, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was either buy Marvel Comics number one or pay mortgage. Yeah. And so, like, well, yeah. it's retire. a little right, <laughs> exactly, or, or retire. He goes, "Honey, did we really want that mansion in Hawaii? Yes, <laughs> but there's a Marvel sure? Comics one for sale. I want the mansion. Well, crap. Okay, so much for so much <laughs> for that. Woohoo! All right. So actually, it's going to remind me. Um, a few years ago, <laughs> they were doing this world hunger thing, and if you donated, I think like twenty thousand dollars, at DC was doing it, and if you donated twenty thousand, the prize was. Or the inducement was, Jim Lee would come to your house and paint a mural on one of your walls for like a twenty thousand dollar donation. Oh wow! And I might be wrong on that. I, I don't remember that, but I know it was like five figures. Still. So I, w- I remember going um, upset to tell my wife, said, "Honey, can I have twenty thousand dollars?" And she like, "What? If I donate twenty thousand dollars to this World Hunger Organization for DC Comics, Jim Lee will come and paint a mural on my on my wall, and so I'm gonna have him paint one in the man cave." And she went, "No." <laughs> and I said, well, I don't, I don't think you understand. This is Jim Lee. It says Jim Lee will come paint a mural. And she went, no. no. And then I went, you're not understanding. Uh, <laughs> women just don't understand. When, right. when, I, when I told her, my wife, that I wanted to quit my job and open a comic store, I got told no to. <laughs> and I told her, it's $20,000, no. but the house value is going to go up by 50000 and, and she's like, no. no. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see what you're not getting here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like wives just don't understand. Right. Well, what would you get Jim Lee to draw on your wall? The I'm whole doing. damn DC universe. <laughs> oh, you're going to be that dude. I'm going to be that dude, right? Every single character. Hey, man, it said, a, it said a mural. So mural for me means more than one character. Yeah. You know what? I'd set up for Justice League. Not that it matters now because my stingy wife wouldn't to me. Go ahead, pay the bills. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of Lost in the Long Box is brought to you by Flashback Comics. Located on 3112 PS Business Drive, just off Smoketown Road in Woodbridge, Virginia. They have an outstanding array of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. Their office hours are Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Sundays from 11 to 5 p.m. So be good citizens and pay a visit to our good friend Troy and tell him Lost in the Long Box sent you. Ta-da! 
that was that was my best Gary Owens I could do. So I, you know what? I actually got that's who it was. You know what? You know what you need to do to really sell it, right? You had to have the hand up uh, here uh, on the yes, on the ladies and gentlemen, and I am Gary Owens. <laughs> and here's the sad thing: only you and I get that reference right. from laughing, right? Yeah, <gasps> Tommy. Tommy. And you know, I'm impressed. And you know what famous cartoon character he voiced? That I don't know. Space Ghost. Oh, there you go. All righty, show and tell time. Our favorite new part of the segment. You got to go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube, guys. Oh, yes, if you're not watching the stream, I don't know how many times I have to tell you guys this every week. Watch we, the stream. We are live. Watch us on YouTube. That's the only way you can see these pretty comics that we're bringing in. That's right, folks. Watch Starting us. with Batman 299. Part of the, the the Batman run that Randy has been showing off for the last month and a half. Another oh, pretty one. Pristine. And yeah. I and I hear people out there saying, "Yes, they're almost over, folks." And then I start into the detectives. Uh, nice. Ha, ha, ha. And and yes, the detectives are all just as pretty as the Batmans that she gave me. And those Mylars are just as shiny as the top Absolutely. of my head. I I love Mylars, man. Absolutely. I took that um, Joker number one that Tommy gave me for Christmas. A thank you again, Tommy. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, and I. Put that bad boy in a mylar and a, and a nice backing board last week. That's got to be like nine nine, man. It looks beautimous. And then, and this is this is a great story. Enos, you're gonna like this one. Yes, sir. Batman three hundred. Yeah, man. The death of Batman. However, this is the death of the Earth two Batman, not hey. the Earth one. But technically, it's not a lie. It's still a dead Batman. Right. I thought he, wait a minute, he died in Adventure Comics. This one, that particular story was when he retired. Right. And uh, Walt Simonson did the artwork. They at least give you an, the clue on the cover. The Robin costume's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. They do. Yeah, because yeah, the Robin yeah. costume was distinctly, well, he didn't have the green shorts. He actually had yellow leggings. Yeah. Right. Or he just got to the age where he's like, enough of this. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I mean, don't you ever, like, ask yourself, well, well, you saw I posted it on the Batman page. Why did it take them so long to change his costume? Because you know his legs got cold. Well, and here's well, here's the other thing too. How many times did they reference the fact that Batman's armor was suit was basically Kevlar right. and entered the suit, and that it was resistant to knives and what have you? And Robin, you could have taken out with a slingshot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> slash, slash, slash his legs. That's yeah. Right. Okay. So Thomas, uh, I got to tell you, I was never really a big fan of this character, but. This is a good book. Strange Tales number 167 with Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Storenko. I, yeah, I picked this up solely for that Storenko cover. That's an, I, I thought Storenko is the man. Amazing cover. Yes, absolutely. And so that's, that's honestly the only reason I picked that book up. A little it, bit of wear around the staples. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a good price on it. Got it in Texas. A little bit of fading on the cover. Well, again, the Silver Rage are just getting so, so hard to find. But those reds still pop. Yeah. Yep. Because the people who have them now, um, when they die, pass on, or just get out of comics and they're giving them to their children and grandchildren, they're not selling them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be they would bring a box into a, a comic shop and the owner would start salivating and they're like, I need a moment. <laughs> and then they'd go into the back room and they would sit there and, and, you know, hyperventilate and say, okay, calm down, calm down. They don't know what they have. And they'd go back, I'll give you 500 for all of them. Oh, wow, that's great. Right. And then they were making 6,000 off of exactly, them. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right. And Madman brought in, are you out of these yet? Brought in. When do you want me to stop? <laughs> brought in Justice League number 98. Um, oh, that's cool. And that looks like now, I'm going to take a guess here. Because they've resurrected someone from the dead. I see a suit 
which immediately made me think maybe it's the Tara. That's what I'm thinking too. But there's a the red cover. cape on them. So the red cape is making me think it's either Mandrick the Magician or Sargon the Sorcerer. Sargon. It's, Sargon, it's Sargon the Sorcerer. Yep. yep. I had to look it up because I never opened this book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I seriously only picked it up a couple years ago. The, um, the thing about these uh, Silver Age comics, for me anyway, is number one, I love covers. And uh, number two is that um, I didn't grow up in this time. Right. And so I couldn't read these comic books. And it's, it's very rare that I actually open up any of these. Oh, yeah. I've actually gotten to the point that now with the, the, the whole digital age and comics online on the exactly. library mm-hmm. and all the trade paperbacks, now a lot of times when I buy a Silver Age, it gets rebagged and bought into a nice Mylar, but then it doesn't, it's not getting opened. Yeah. Um, I also think what's interesting about this cover is it's got the Comics Code Authority, and they, they're sitting there doing a seance thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that. And, oh, and, and, oh. And the symbol right in the middle. Madman, thank you so much for saying that. Um, so our listener Jim out there, him and I were just having a conversation. Right there is a CCA code I was telling you about. Oh, he's been going off since we pulled out the comic book the, in the chat. So. <laughs> but... So I was telling Jim the whole history of the CCA about uh, Dr. Frederick Wortham and his abduction of the innocent and why it came about and how it was basically the industry self-policing itself so that Congress wouldn't do it for them. Um, that, that is the code I was talking about, Jim. In the 70s and the 80s, any book you picked up had one of these until it went direct market. And then they realized, well, wait a minute. This affects books sold on the open marketplace, That's such right. as 7-Elevens, grocery stores, and what have you. If I'm selling it in direct market, directly to the comic shop, I can go back to showing whatever I want. Bingo. Yeah, and it's crazy that the, uh, the CCA was actually around to, what, 2010? Right. Well, and like I was telling Jim, the 70s and 80s, yeah, okay. Around the late 80s, early 90s, they lost whatever bite they had. Yeah. Right. Especially, well, especially, um, remember way back in the 60s, Stan Lee wanted to tell the whole drug abuse story with Harry Osborn and yep. Spider-Man. Yep. And CCA said, well, we're not going to prove that. He goes, we're not going to put a stamp on it. And he, he said, did it anyway. He's like, well, it, it anyway. needs to be told, so we're publishing it. Yeah. Who's going to argue with Stan Lee? Right. And then all it did was prove that, you know what? We don't really need the CCA. Just put whatever you want. Yeah. And I think that was going to digress it for a moment. Mm-hmm. I think that was when they started relaxing a lot of the restrictions because... One of the things you start seeing come back was women in bondage on the cover, or the headlights on the cover, or the you know um, the grotesquery started coming back a little bit more. Additionally, this all like happened in the '60s. The uh, it was like the it was the flower it, flower it was, it was very flower liberal, power and yeah very liberal mo- uh, exactly in our society, and so people were able to get away with a lot more than right. they were in like the '50s. Right, because CCA and Dr. Frederick Warren was in the '50s, and of, okay. and of course. You know what it was. They were looking for a new enemy because we defeated um, Hitler and all them, and right. everybody was yeah. unified. They needed something to fight, so that became what it was. Kind uh, of what, happening today, too. What number is this one? Number 39. Enos, i got to tell you what. This is a good-looking book for a golden age. It's a golden age? Let's see it. Green Hornet 39. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> wow. Year oh, 1949, wow. and there's a certain significance to this book as well. There is a backup story for a character called Stuntman, drawn by none other than the great Jack Kirby. Yeah. So why is this not CGC'd? That, because I bought it in 1989. I looked at it once, put it away, and never pulled it out again until I got on the show. Or at least get a new bag. There's a rip in the corner, bro. I would yeah. send this off to get it encapsulated. Yeah. Absolutely. 
I don't encapsulate a lot of books. Um, right. I don't, especially modern ones. Modern books are kind of like, unless it's limited edition signed, which I'll probably be doing one of those in unboxing here soon when I get it. But Silver Age books, yeah, get these bad boys encapsulated. Right. Because, yeah, everybody talks about, well, you know, it's not as valuable as you think it is. There's too many of them out there. My big argument for it is if it's a 5.0 and you get it encapsulated, it's now forever a 5.0. Right. Yeah. Well, it's all going to break down eventually. So. Right. Well, it's going to take a lot longer with a hard plastic shell around it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, that's why these, these kind of comic books in particular are valuable mm -hmm. because uh, all those comics that were printed on newsprint, they're going to eventually rot right right so that's why they're so precious well that's remember to encapsulate them a lot of these these books from the 40s um were victims yeah. of the paper drives during the war right you know what my favorite part about that book is in that upper right hand corner where it says on the air on abc network yeah. yes yeah that's awesome well and that was that and was that was radio by the way yeah, guys that, that yeah. was the age when they supported the radio yeah. uh, mm -hmm. promoted each other that that right there that right there is is is, is working for me and I, let I like me that. tell you something right now i have cds of the radio show it is man radio very underrated i've listened to the green hornet the shadow and superman radio Great, was good stuff. new Radio. Well, they were they were podcasts before podcasts. Someone still loves you. Oh, please stop! <laughs> we are not starting are now. A band. Listen, we're gonna, we're gonna sing, we're gonna sing something. XBG Radio Gaga, and we Radio have Google. the melodious sounds <laughs> of Randall Lewis and Thomas. Don't call me Candy Bar. You got that backwards. <laughs> All right, so I just want to read out the last five comments in the chat. Okay, go right ahead. Nice. Wow. Cool. Oh, cool. Cool. Must be James. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Jim. Hey, Jim. I think I you did. had the winner this week, Enos, mm -hmm. if I had to pick. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, Hands down. I think we need to get Jim a Christmas present. That guy is, like, devoted. He's on yeah, every week every watching week. this. He, every Wednesday, he's asking me what's going to be on the show tonight, and then every Thursday and Friday, I love the show, Randy. And so, our, he's our biggest fan. Too bad we don't have, like, merchandise or something we could send. I can send you an autographed picture of Tommy. That's what we'll do. <laughs> That's what everybody needs. Everybody needs that. All righty. So what should be on everybody's you know, mantle countrywide? So tonight, our feature is who destroyed the earth the best? The apocalypse. I'm sorry, the apocalypse. Great. Apocalypse. Right. <laughs> and <the> cataclysm. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, but seriously. Cataclysm. Um, there are some really great end-of-the-earth storylines out there in comics. Who did it really good? Who was it that when you put it down, you just went, damn, that was good? Um, I have a couple on here that we're going to talk about, um, and I think we've already talked about, so I'm going to let you guys start off. All right, well, I'll take the, the reins first. I think if you're talking about end-of-the-world comics, you have to start out with what has probably been the most popular end-of-the-world series out there, and that's The Walking Dead. Um, you know, I read it for a little while, um, I did not get up to the point where the governor showed up. I got to the point where they, um, where they got to the prison. So I didn't get too far into it because it honestly, yeah, I thought it was all right. But it is probably the most popular one out there was, is the zombie apocalypse from The Walking Dead. Yeah, but <clears throat> here's my problem with Walking Dead. And don't get, I don't want to take anything away from it because it is a great story. But it was really... And I really hate saying this about the comic medium because you can make this argument with, with all of them. It was really formulaic. 
Yeah. Oh, here's yeah. a bad guy. We defeat the bad guy. Oh, look, here's a new bad guy. We're going to drag this on for a half a year. Oh, we defeat the bad guy. Everything's nice. Oh, look, here's a new bad guy. And it's like, okay, this is really starting to just wear. And even a TV show's doing it. Th- see, that's one of the things I told my wife about the TV show. She goes, well, because she, she loves it and I'm not a fan. And I said, well, here's why I don't like it. Because you got one of two plots. It's either we're here and we need to get over there, but there's all these dead zombies in the way. How do we do it? Or... You know, we have this safe place to live, and these people want to kill us and take our safe place to live. Right. So I was like, yeah, it, it's just it's the same story over and over again. I I really think what kept that TV show going for so long was Jeffrey Dean Morgan's portrayal as uh, Negan. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that that man is phenomenal. That guy, he's getting ready to fall in the vein, um, fall in the category of everything he touches turns to gold. Oh yeah. And I've said it once before. I've never been a big fan of The Walking Dead, but I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He seems like oh, he's a yeah. really he's awesome a- guy. Well, he's fantastic in Supernatural as I, he, he, uh, Sam and Dean's father. He's someone I would like to hang out with. I'm, I'm pretty certain I would enjoy hanging out with him. Right. And then he's, um, he's in that horror movie about um, a box that his daughter finds at a yard sale or something, which I can't remember. That, that I remember you of. talking about that, and they wanted to bring in the actual box, and he was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, it's in a collector's hands, right. and they wanted to bring the box in to, to use in the movie. He's like, nope. Mm. Nope. So... Enos, what do you have? End of the world, end of the earth series or stories? One is going to be very surprising, but one that should be on everybody's list: the Galactus trilogy. Oh yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. I mean, you when can't first get meet Galactus. You cannot get any more end of the world than that. The first appearance of this. I mean, the build up was great. Um, and you know, with the silver, with the coming of the Silver Surfer, then there was. Galactus showing up and then the bargain that was struck. And if um and I will tell you, back in nineteen ninety-five, on the second season of the Fantastic Four um cartoon with from the Marvel Action Hour, they did that yeah, trilogy. I remember, I remember that, yeah. that the first season, ugh, but yeah. but like the second season, they strictly adapted from comic books. From comic book stories, they showed Daredevil, the Black Panther, um, the Inhumans, yep. Impossible Man, the whole nine. But they adapted the. They stayed uh, true to the story. Now, are oh. these the ones where they replaced the torch with Herbie? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was from no. the seventies, wasn't it? The the um the one with Herbie was from the seventies. Okay. This this was in syndication back in nineteen. Started in nineteen ninety four. It was a, a, a one hour block. The first block was Iron Man. The second block was the Fantastic Four. The first season, there it was a lot to be desired. But the Fantastic Four, um, the Iron Man was the best, was was well done from the beginning. So they didn't change anything. But they redid the Fantastic Four for the second season. And man, it was so great. You didn't want to miss one episode. And you can buy those on DVD. Awesome. Or I can just borrow them from you. Now- <laughs> Now, this, the, the, speaking of the Impossible Man, this was later revealed when he ate the Impossible Man's planet. It gave him indigestion. <laughs> Galactus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Which is hilarious. Right, Just Absolutely right. hilarious. I love the Impossible Man. So, all right. One that I have, <clears throat> uh, and I had to bring this one up. What? I have one. Oh, go right ahead. Are we doing the best? The best. The, the, the best. best. The best. The best of the best of the best. The best of the best. The, in, in your opinion, what do you think is one of the best um, end of the year for popular stories? Douglas Adams. 
But that's not a comic book. Are you talking about the whole Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide? To the Galaxy. Uh, you know what? I'm oh, going to have to give it up to you. Yes. Because uh, when it comes to plot is... line, if we're talking about plot lines, yeah. that's the best way to end the, end the planet. Well, what's really great about that is I love the way it starts when it talks about how um, Earth is being destroyed to make way for a hyperspace byway, and it talks about the waitress and blah, blah, blah. It goes, yep. this is not her story. And yeah. then it moves to Arthur Dent. Yep. And then when we get to the actual final book, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, That's it starts back yeah. up again, and then it went to the waitress and goes, this is her story. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, is it, wasn't that a graphic novel? <laughs> uh, it might have been. I'm sure somebody must yeah. have. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was a graphic novel because they adapted it because one of my favorite rappers, Most Deaf, was in it. Yep. He was in the movie. In the right. Movie. Yeah, most stuff was there. Yeah. Well, there's uh remember it was a BBC BBC series back in like yep, the late 60s sure or early 70s, yeah. so and uh even even then they had like the cafe at the edge of restaurant at the end of the universe. Yeah. At the end of the universe. I so, remember I mean, yeah, it was excellent. It was I what I always want is I want to see a bar um when I go to Dragon Con and make this and no one's ever done it. I want to find on the menu a pan galactic gargle blaster. Right. Because remember right. what that drink does? You have it once and then you're a vegetable the rest of your life. Right, right. <laughs> I wouldn't want to take that chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one of my favorites, um, and I actually bring this up, and, and it's funny, I actually forgot about this, and I've read this series twice, um, is Why the Last Man by Brian Vaughn and Pia Guerrara for artists. Oh. Um, have you read this series? You know, I couldn't get into it. I picked up the first hardback, and I read the first hardback, and you know, I, I really wanted to like it, and I just, I just couldn't get into it. I, I, I like the fact that it was just him and his monkey that were the last two ampersand that were that, that were the last <laughs> two men, men on Earth. Period. You know, across like all species, they right. were mm. it. Well, I remember when I was reading that, like maybe in issue one or two. Um, York is talking to his girlfriend um, on the phone, whose name I can't remember. But there's a bit where he says, ampersand, God damn it!" And she's like, what's an ampersand? And he's like, it's that thing on the keyboard above the one. He goes, I know what it is. Why are you talking to one? <laughs> and he says, it's the monkey. And then he's like, what are you doing with a monkey? And you find out that it actually wasn't his pet capuchin. He was keeping it for a lab. That's not, he somehow got it. Um, and he was like a foster until he was supposed to take it. But what's really great is as he's on this conversation with Beth, that's her name, the men have already died and he doesn't know it. He steps outside and all the men are like lying dead and they're like, you know, cars crash everywhere and he's like, right. what's going on here? Because it has just happened while he was on the phone. Because I think while he's talking to Beth, he even loses connection. And that's when he steps outside and he sees all these dead men laying around and he's like, okay, something's not right here. Mm. Yeah. Now, I will, I will tell you, um, I believe XX... FX has optioned this for a TV series, supposed to come out next year. Someone has. I remember hearing about it. Uh, and it is, I will tell you this, though, it does have a bit of a anticlimactic uh, ending. It's almost like Vaughn kept going and said, well, I got to find out a way to end this. How do I get out of this quickly? Bring back the men. Mm. <sighs> well, he, he does, but the way he does it is he goes for the obvious where you're like, oh, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Damn it, you did it. Was it just one day <laughs> raining men? No. No. Oh. <laughs> And I mean, he hints at what he's going to do, and you're like, okay, that's a nice trope, don't do it. Of course, you have to mention that, don't do it. There's another creative way to do this, don't do that. And then the last issue, and I'll tell you now, the last issue jumps ahead like 20 years from the previous issue, right. and you find out, ah, oh, crap, he did it. Yeah. Basically, I'll just go ahead and spoil it, and you guys can go back and read it. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and spoil it. Um, he, uh, they find out what caused the virus, um, and it was actually not York was immune, but Ampersand, and because he had it, and... That's how they get the cure. They clone York. So every man on the planet looked like York. 
Yeah. Ah. And I'm like, well, that's a crap end way to end it. So. Yeah, Tommy, somebody just started raining, man. That would have been funny. All of a sudden, clouds up, and then you hear, it's raining, man. Yeah, but that would have been too much like the whole Mars needs women thing. You oh, find yeah. out they were just taking off to space. And Yeah. All right, who's got another one? Uh, this is one we've been putting over for a while, uh, you and I, Randy, at least. Uh, you've just uh, lent the, the hardback to, yes. to Mad Yes, and this is on my list. Yep, and this is uh, Deceased. Fantastic. I, series. If I you can, have not read this, go out and get the hardback. Yeah, I can't read, wait to read it. Read this. This is amazing. I, I, you know, at first I wasn't too crazy over the art in it, but the story, well, really captured and me. Here's and here's the and thing: I, got, I, I was fine with the art by the end. I, I felt the same way because issue one, I had problems with two things: the art. The art looked a little too dark, a little too grainy, mm-hmm. and then I realized, well, hang on, it's perfect for the subject matter and the story. And then the first thing, another thing that just really annoyed me. To no end. I'm like, it's a freaking zombie story. And it just irked me. Mm. But then I went ahead and I picked up issue two and I said, okay, it's a zombie story. <laughs> right. It's about the anti life equation. Right. And it was really good. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I like the fact that, you know, you didn't see the ending coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was an ending you weren't expecting. There's a, there's a couple of twists in there. Um, Mad Men, you're going to really love. Um, I think it's issue three or four um, that where you're just going to go, wow, did he really just do that? And then what eventually happens when it uh, gets who it does get, and you're thinking, well, it's up, this gig's up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. I want, know what I'm doing tonight. No. <laughs> yeah, just read it from beginning to end. Yeah, just sit and down. Just sit down. and You don't got to work tomorrow. Just go ahead, open up, start reading it. Just start yeah, reading break it. Break on your brewski. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Thursday is my day off. So, so uh, Tom Taylor, Trevor Harthnine, and uh, Stephanie Guadino, Guadino is the, uh, the artist on that. DC's just came out in hardcover, everybody. You can pick it up at your comic shop. A lot of them probably will still have some of the... Um, the entire run in Bacchus, if you want, because they did a lot of variant covers for that. Right, and there was a lot of really great covers. A lot of the horror movie covers They did were the fantastic. horror movie covers, yes. Yeah, so. they, they were fantastic. I have several of them. I have the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one. I have the Scream one. I have the It one. I, have, I think I have that one, too. But yeah, a lot of fantastic covers, too. So, you know, don't necessarily you know, just get the hardcover. Look look at some of those uh, individuals, because there's some great individual covers there. Speaking of It, wasn't Peter Skarsgård, what was his name, Peter Skarsgård was in yes. the- Word is he's going. He's in in the Batman too. That movie's getting ready to get oversaturated, man. Yeah, I'm I'm still on the fence about that movie, but we'll see. We'll see. Which movie? The, the Batman. Batman, the Robert Pattinson remake. Yeah, Peter Skarsgård has been oh. cast. I'm the one, the one that Bruce Wayne sparkles in the sunlight. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I while I love this actor, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't he, understand. He, you know, still, you broke still up. <laughs> I don't understand why. Oh, God, now I can't remember this actor's name because Tommy done broke me, too. The actor they've got to play Alfred. Um, I love the... And the circus. I love the, the actor, but I just don't see him being Alfred. No! And now I can't remember his name. Andy Circus. Andy Circus. yes, there you go. Great actor, don't get me wrong, fantastic. Love him to death, he's great. Not Alfred. Yeah, and I, honestly, I should stop giving Robert Pattinson a, bad, a hard time about that. It's not his fault that he played that. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of contractually he yeah. was kind of contractually obligated after the first one. He's gone on record saying he hates <laughs> those <goes>. movies. <laughs> yeah. So, and from my understanding, he's actually you know a pretty fair actor. I well, just haven't seen anything he's been in at if all. He, if he went on record and said he hates those movies, I guess we have something in common with him. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen him. When I heard what the concept oh, was, I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, no, no. All right, Enos, what do you got? Best end of the earth. Days of Future Past. Yep, fantastic. Yep. I was I was going to bring that one up, but 
Yeah, I forget it. I put it on my list, but I knew somebody was going to get it. That's why I just didn't go. I didn't go right for the win. This is my. This you know, as as we've talked said before, this is my favorite X Men storyline. It was only two parts. Probably one of the best storylines. It was fantastic. One of the best storylines ever because of the fact that it was so short. But look at all the ground. Look how much of an impact it made. He gives us Rachel Summers. Exactly, and it's like if you talk to anybody about the X Men, not. Out of all the stories that'll come up, you the two you're going to hear about the Dark Phoenix saga and Days of Future yep. Past. And, yep, and Days of Future Past is probably number one. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Well, Most now definitely. here's here's the irony too, the Dark Phoenix saga. Who gets introducing that to us? Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. And who was the central point in Days of Future Past? Who goes back Kitty and Pride. saves them? Kitty, Kitty Pride. Pride. Because I remember when Days of Future Past came out. Kitty Pride was still the joke character. You were like, would right. you just get rid of this kid? And then she actually ends up being the one who goes back and fixes everything. And fixes everything. Yeah, and Wolverine figures out that she is from, indeed, from the future, like she says, because of the way she carries herself. And she's like, she's not carrying herself as a kid anymore. He, right. His, right. You know, his senses notice that. And so. I'm going to go on record as to say this. For as bad as the first round of X-Men films were, Ellen Page, damn sure they did um, did her justice playing Kelly Kelly Lord Kitty Pride Kelly Pride Kelly Pride Pride the murderous version oh, that's right of Shadow from Man. the dark universe that's right I do I do like me some Ellen Page she's a good actress yep so I, I think she she put a nice imprint and made a significant impact this Kitty she gave us a gave us a definitive Kitty Pride in my opinion well it was hard too because there's so many stars in that movie right. I, and right. I like I like exactly. the movie The Days exactly. of Futures Past I, I, I really wish they had sent I do wish they had stuck stuck to the story and sent Kitty back instead of Wolverine yeah. but you know you gotta take a little creative license so I get well, it they're paying him the most right. yeah well yeah. yeah oh yeah Hugh Jackson was the well isn't also isn't also Mystique a huge part of their storyline they, they rewrite it for her because Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence was getting a big pay check and she right. wanted more yeah. screen time right right but i'm not complaining I'll, I'll take any screen time of jennifer lawrence i can get well, even if she is all blue all blue dirty uh, old man it's so, okay when she's on the screen if she's in your house dr- uh, looking for booze that's a different story <laughs> wow <laughs> okay i don't think i have to worry about that uh, so um oh, oh, what's that phrase too soon uh, yeah so here's one that i like um and i can tell you there's a lot of both love and hate for this one but the story itself was really good. What they did afterwards is where it kind of started to suck. But 2013, Marvel's Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. That, it got off to a good start. Now, it, it, unfortunately, it takes place in like in two of the alternate Earths. Like there's the Earth uh, 61112 and then the one where Morgan Le Fay rules Earth, like, you know, 26111. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about the story was the way it started because you find out that basically Ultron has taken over. New York is a shambles. And of all people, Spider-Man is one of their captives that he's got held. Um, and he's got his giant Ultron Sentinels guard all over New York. And Hawkeye is on this rescue mission to get Spider-Man. And I was like, okay, wow, this is kind of unique. Why are we going after Spider-Man? But he manages to free them. And then the underground, the people fighting are like... Iron Man, okay, sure, you expect that. But then, like, Emma Frost, and then She-Hulk, and Luke Cage, and Invisible Woman, you think, right. wow, it's a nice little eclectic group there. But you don't see any of the other FF. You see Invisible Woman, and you're like, okay, where's the rest of these guys? And then, sitting there, as we're talking about it, you see Captain America just defeated, like, you know, he can't fight anymore, his, and his shield's broken. But it was a really good story, and I love that how the plan was. They had to get in close to Ultron to try and bring down his... Um, 
get in and bring him down. So they're going to use Spider-Man again as bait by having to be captured. I think, well, wait a minute. You just freed him. Why are you going to turn around and put yeah, him back out there to infiltrate? They're always abusing Spider-Man. Right. You know? So I know it got a lot of hate. My big, big problem with Age of Ultron was when it got done at the end, they spun off like four or five miniseries after that. And I'm mm. thinking, you <laughs> bastards. You basically told this miniseries to try and push. You remember that, Tommy? Yeah. You pushed like five more series on me. Yep. Yep, money, money grab. Marvel, the king of overkill. Money grab. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they were all miniseries. It was spinning out of Age of Ultron. They were going to be ongoing series. I'm like, really? I said, you could just made it like a nice six-issue mini-event. You, you had to go and tie six other titles to it and then try to force them all on me. Got to grab that money. Right. So, yeah, that was a bit of a, well, every, all the respect for that book just went right down the tubes. That was actually, and I'm going to put this out there, that was written by Brian Michael Bendis, who also wrote another story that a lot of people hate on that I actually really like, is The Avengers it's Disassembled. Yeah. Where Doctor Strange talks to the Avengers about Wanda says there's no such thing as chaos magic. Isn't that the one that he got death threats for killing off Hawkeye? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they give Hawkeye his own book and no one buys it. Right. Okay, I got one. <laughs> yes. I got one. Comic book one. Uh... Superman Red Sun. Fantastic. Oh, that was yes. good. Yeah. That was good. Because at the end, the very end of that, you know, you find out that it's all taking place on this one planet. Everything that happens takes place on this one planet. And it's kind of interesting. Something that happens at the very end of the life of Earth or... Right. I actually need to... Elseworlds, Elseworlds. I still haven't read Red Sun, ironically. Really? I, I need Ooh, to get that. for yeah. the spoilers, bro. That's and all right. And soon to be making its way to the Animated form, universe. right? Yes. Yeah. And you can catch the preview on the latest Wonder Woman Bloodlines DVD. By the way, I can't remember who it is. Um, you might know better than me. Someone has a package like... For $70, it's like 30 of the DC animated movies, like almost the entire library. Huh? Mm. And I can't remember who it was. It's not Hulu, but it's another one of those uh, streaming online services. Because mm. I do need to see Wonder Woman Bloodlines. That's, you know, we need to do that for one of our shows, um, the DC animated movies. It might have to be a two-part because mm. so, so okay. many of them are so good. Like the, the Batman under the Red, Red Hood. Hood. Oh. oh. <laughs> and that one scene with Jason Todd kicking open the closet door and there's Joker. Oh, my God. That's such a powerful oh, scene. Yeah, All right. So uh, uh, who, does, who hasn't gone? See, I've done, lost my train um, of thought. You, know, you can go again. I can go again. Whatever you want to do. I, I, well, I just went, so. All right. When I had I'm going to go again. What the heck? Ahead. It's you. It's me this time. That's right. Randall. So, hmm. <laughs> I know Tommy's probably got this one, so I'll take the one he's not going to cover. Um, one of the best um, end-of-the-earth books, and this is actually the entire series, not just a, 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 a short story, and Enos has looked at my, has looked at my notes and nodded his head, Commandy, The Last Boy on Earth. Yeah. Yep, I have the issue number one of one that. One of my favorite comic books growing up, And man. it's funny, of all the stuff that Kirby brought over when he came to D.C., you could easily argue this is the only one that was a hit. Yeah. You know, I have not read that yet, his, his series, but it is one I definitely want to look into getting the rest of them and reading because I, I that was one of the things that I was doing some research on when we were looking at it. It sounds like it is an excellent series. Yep. Kirby, well, as far as writer goes, has had a few hits. I, I've I've so far enjoyed his run on Eternals. Right. Well, and now again, Eternals was after he went to DC, learned that. Well, I really don't know how to write. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> learned how to write at DC, and then went back to Marvel because that's when he went back. But by the time he gets to Commandy, and I would even say argue um, New Gods, 
he's really firing on all thrusters, as they say. Yeah. Um, because let's let's face it, forever people in Mr. Miracle, you were just a little bit like um, you ate a few too many shrooms in the sixties, didn't you, Jack? Yeah, because because I'll, I'll say you know I was reading some of his seventies Captain America <laughs> stuff, um, and I had to I had to stop because where it was where the books were pretty because of course it was Kirby art. I just yeah, oh, yeah it absolutely. just was not working for me. Well, here's what's really great, and you know why Commandy the Last Boy on Earth came about is because DC could not get the licensing for a Planet of the Apes series. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And so that's how Kirby came up with Commandy, which is why when you look at it now, why so much of it looks like Planet of the Apes. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Um, And one of the best ones that I really love about this series is for the longest time, you don't know, okay, it takes place in the future. It's got to be an alternate reality. And then issue 29 comes wrong with that Superman costume on the cover. And you're thinking, oh, crap, this is the the DC future. Mm -hmm. Because remember, at the end of the story, or in the story itself, you find out that they believe Superman's a myth. They don't know if he actually existed or not. That they think it might be a story, but Commander, like, well, I believe he was real. Right. You know, and it's it was funny because in the first uh, episode of Crisis on Infinite Earths, when the Monitor's uh, tower pops up, one of the first things I was looking for was Commandy. Well, and Commandy's in that series, right? Yeah, because if you remember, you know, they 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 find him around the tower and everything. So I was like, is Commandy going to show up? Right. Yeah, he and uh, he went on to be yeah, because there was another character during the Silver Age. That was introduced during the showcase series called Tommy Tomorrow. Right. It was revealed at the end of the Crisis on of the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, number twelve, where Commandy was adopted by uh, Colonel Horatio Tomorrow. Right. Because he becomes Tommy. Tommy Tomorrow. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think you find that out in the Kirby in the um, in the Commandy Last Boy on Earth. I really? think it gets touched on, buddy. Because, well, well, maybe not. I might be wrong. I'd have to look it up. But the thing that's interesting, Kirby only wrote the first 37 issues. He did the art on issues 38 through 40, but I think they were actually written by Jerry Conway. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jerry Conway. And then after he left, they were taken. It only went 59 issues. So obviously, some of the creative spark went with Kirby. But yeah, Commandy Last Boy on Earth, fantastic series. I think they actually have those in trade now. Um, I okay. think they when they did all the Kirby stuff last year for for DC, yeah, for they released birthday. they released that in uh, trade, and I know there's a Commandy Last Boy Omnibus out there. Yeah, oh yeah, what, yeah. one of those things that breaks your foot if you drop it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, one of them big old the kind of like like that um, Alpha Flight book I got, but right. definitely something worth checking out. I, I, I this is on my list of things I want to read. Tommy, what do you got? Best end of the earth. Who destroyed it best? Thanos, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was a great... That's one of the first miniseries I picked up in the 90s. Have the whole set. Excellent. You know, bam, gone, 50%. And it gives us that great line from Captain America about hope. When he's fight, he's fighting Thanos, and he was he was talking about... Thanos is, is talking about all hope is gone, and Cap stands up to him and says, there's always hope. Nice. He walks up to him. Punches him right in the face, and it says, "As long as one man stands against you, you do not control the universe." Nice. There you go, man. man. That's act- exactly it. And it, you know, even hearing you say it sent a little chill up my spine. Yep. I'm actually yep. working on rereading all of those, starting with the complete Captain Marvel trade, and then I have to work up through to Infinity Gauntlet. Um, I really, I still also remember that really great scene when. They had a simple plot. While well, Thanos is bragging that he has it, and he's holding up his glove, Silver Surfer's like, now nah, I'm just going to swoop it in and rip yes, it off his hand. Yeah. And at the last second, Thanos pulls his hand down like, 
am I crazy? What did I almost do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, damn it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could have ended right there, and <laughs> then it doesn't. Well, it's got that great panel where after he's pulled his hand back, you see Civil Surfer as he shot past, looking back at him like, uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, crap. They were my only ch- chance, and everybody else knows that we're humped. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it ends with, you know, of course, Nova getting, I mean, Nebula getting a hold of the gauntlet. Right. You know, because he, because Thanos screws up, and... Yep. So, so one last honorable mention here because we are out of time. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Earth. Yeah. Fantastic way to reboot and destroy the DC Universe all in one 12-issue swoop. Only to bring it back about 30 years later. Right. But, you know, the fact that it held for so long is yep. impressive. Yep. Um, so just to let you guys know, um, please tell your friends, like, share, subscribe, both the podcast and the YouTube channel. We'd like to hear your comments at lostinlongbox at gmo.com. Also have Facebook group. Obviously, Facebook.com slash Lost in the Long Box. Patreon.com slash Lost in the Long Box. Love to have a little love. Thank you very much if you could. Madman has Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. here on FXBG Public Radio. And let's not forget our uh, brothers at ComicsOnline.com podcast with Kevin and Troy Mondays from 930 to 1030. I've got our Facebook groups here that Enos is um, admin of. The Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever, which has really taken off. We hit 2,000 members yet. We're at 1.3 now. There we go. Um, and then Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture. And the newest page, Gather Together, the Greatest Superhero Teams. Um, until next time, we're going to be down here hoping that when the end comes and we have time to read all those comics at last, we don't pull a Burgess Meredith and break our glasses. It's oh, not yeah. fair. It's yeah. not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Madman? Because we're lost in the long box. Yeah, man. Good night, everyone. Folks.